Hey folks, how the hell are ya? I'm Houston. And I'm Kaylin, and you're listening to Crime or Reason. What is up, everybody? Hey, hey. How are we doing today? How are we feeling? I'm uh, not feeling so great, obviously, with my little sniffles going we, on. We keep passing the sickness back and forth. Yep, we're passing it around. So sorry for my uh, nasally voice. It's awful. Yeah, I recently just got over mine just in time for Kaylin to get it, so. Just in time. It's all this pollen. It's got to be. Awful. Yeah. So guys, if you noticed, we are releasing today's episode on Monday, and that is because Kaylin and I have an announcement. We are now going to be releasing all of our episodes on Monday and Thursday. That is because of some issues that we were having with our scheduling, and this is going to be the best schedule for us, so you can now expect all of your episodes on Mondays and Thursdays. Accommodations. Accommodations accommodate us because we're awesome debatable because <laughs> <laughs> we're struggling <laughs> we're doing our best doing our best so yeah so that's just something that you guys can expect going forward it was not something that we wanted to do right away but we felt like it was going to be best for us so we didn't want to have a podcast for a month and be like guys we're changing all of our days it was something that we had to think about but we did decide that it was going to be best for us with that being said too This week, specifically, you guys will be getting a bonus episode, so there will be three episodes this week. But today, we are actually going to be bringing you something that I think you guys have been anticipating based on what the feedback that we've gotten back, and that is Kaylin finishing up... The Ashland Tragedy. Yes, part two. You are hitting up the part number two. We are really excited about it. The first part did, from what we noticed, a lot of people really liked the first part, so... Yeah, yeah. Left y'all on a cliffhanger, too, so... Yeah, so we're excited to get into the rest of it. So, Kaylin, will you get us going? So, as a little reminder, we remember that there were three teens murdered, two girls... The two girls were raped. I did go a little bit out of order... Because I really wanted to get in the part about Ellis being hanged in the first episode. And, like, Ellis confessed and before he was able to get his punishment from the law, the people had taken matters into their own hands. They hung him on the tree right near where the house was burned. That is where we kind of left off. Like I said, it is out of order. But we're going to get, we're going to put everything into the timeline here. So you all will see. Right, because we still have to figure out what happened to the other two, correct? Neil and Craft, yes. Some sentencing changes happened, right? Yes. There were a couple of changes. I do have to correct myself on some things because I think in the last episode I found some more bits of information than what I had previously saw. On to the trials of Neil and Craft. There are several reliable witnesses that were called upon to speak on behalf of Neil and Craft. The trial for Neil was up first for the murder of Emma Carrico, and in the first episode, this is one of my corrections, I was wrong about them not having any evidence. Um, One of my sources said that they did, and the other said they didn't, so I was a little mixed up there. So, they did have evidence during the trials. Um, The murder weapons were brought up. Remember, I was kind of confused about that. So, the murder weapons were brought up as evidence, and Neil also had a blood-smeared coat that they found the morning after the fire. So there was definitely evidence that they had during the trial to 
produce some sort of stuff. So the trial lasted eight days and the jury only deliberated for 18 minutes before deciding their verdict for Neil. And then for Kraft, it was 20 minutes and they decided they were both guilty as charged. On February 6th, it was decided that both the men would be hung for their crimes on April 14th, 1882. After they were sentenced is when Ellis's trial began. So this is all putting what I talked about in the last episode. This is where it all began. Right. For Ellis. Now, on April 10th, an appeal was brought up, which is four days before they are supposed to be hanged. And it was decided in the lower courts that the cases of both Neil and Kraft be reversed on grounds of a technicality on the wording of the Judge Brown to the jury. The cases got set for a retrial for an undecided date. All the townspeople waited for a verdict that evening that never came. Therefore, the execution dates came and went, and there were no actions taken against either men. And May 22nd rolled around, and both the men, along with several other prisoners, attempted to escape from the jail. Now, the people were getting real pissed because there was no action being taken, and these men in the news of the attempted escape, like, only made things worse. Now, this is when Ellis was finally sentenced to life in prison, and the people of Ashland took the matters in their own hands, as I said in the last episode. They kidnapped him, and he was lynched and left to hang till the next afternoon in June. Now, in October of 1882, it was finally decided that Neil and Kraft's trial was to start on the third day of the October term of the Boyd County Circuit Court. The announcement renewed the anger in the people of Ashland. The prisoners had to be placed under armed protection of the state militia, and the trial was moved to Carter County, Kentucky, in order for the men to have a fair trial. They had to reset the date because of the move, and therefore it was changed to February of 1883. Neil and Kraft were being transported back to Lexington, Kentucky by armed soldiers to await their trial date. When they were boarding the steamboat to make the journey, train cars holding close to 200 men and boys from Ashland came rushing to town. The leaders of the mob demanded that the prisoners be handed over. The prisoners and the militia were able to actually get on the boat and head down the Ohio, but when they reached Ashland on their journey, the mob was there waiting for them on the riverbanks. They had gathered even more from the town of Ashland on these riverbanks with all these people. Now, this included women and children, and they again demanded that the prisoners were handed over. The mob had all been planning to use that same tree where Ellis was hung twice more for both Neil and for Kraft. Didn't they say this was a neighborhood tree? Like kids played at this tree? Yeah, they had like tire swings hanging on the tree. I feel like you could probably pick a better tree. It was apparently the best tree they could find. When the guards refused to give up the prisoners, it said that the people of Ashland began firing guns at them and a full-on battle proceeded. They said there were over 1,500 shots fired that day there were many killed, including Colonel L.W. Reppert, who had tried to keep the mob from boarding the ferry, and then a man named George Keener, and a young boy named Willie Saray, who was only aged 14. Alexander Harris was killed. He was aged 25. Him and the young 14-year-old both died of injuries after it was all over. See, this is why we don't do vigilante justice. More people ended up dying. More people ended up dying. Now, there was also... James McDonald, who was the brother-in-law of the murdered children, and he was shot three times that day. I'm unsure if he was killed or not, but he got shot. So three people from this family and another little girl had been killed. 
Now, after leaving the chaotic scene, the boat headed further downriver towards Maysville, and they met no further trouble. The entire shootout ended up later being ruled as justifiable. When February of 1883 rolled around, Kraft, who was heavily guarded by 10 different divisions of the state militia, was put on trial again in Carter County with Circuit Judge Rice as the judge. So they've got a different judge this time. The militia had to camp out in harsh conditions there, you know, his entire army of men who had to make sure he was protected from all the vigilante justice. They had to camp out in these harsh conditions where they even ended up dying from exposure and many others were hospitalized because they were out in like ice, rain, sleet, and snow. This is a lot to go through. That's that's why I wanted to do a two-part because more people died than just the teenagers. And it doesn't even make sense. Right. As I said in the last episode, they had a lot of crime and like, you know, the usual like robberies and, you know, some shooting, stuff like that. This one, though, really made a huge effect on them. Right. In this trial, after 10 minutes of deliberation, the jury came out to let the court know that one of the jurors was opposed to capital punishment and they were trying to like delay court to correct this person's misguided belief. So they were really pushing for... The death penalty. The death penalty. Judge Rice postponed the trial yet again till the next day. So the following Saturday morning, after 21 minutes of deliberation, yet again, Kraft was found guilty. And he was asked if he had anything to say, and he stood up and made this short speech. I can say one thing. I'm not guilty of that charge. I did not have time to put all of my witnesses here that I ought to have had, and I consider that I have not had a fair trial, for I know I am not guilty of that. I never as much as laid my hand on them. I never did. You might as well take a little innocent child and hang them as to hang me. The closest I was to Miss Gibbons' house that night was when I lay in bed at home asleep. I did not see the house or George Ellis or Bill Neal or any of the children that night. The last time I saw any of Miss Gibbons' children was on the Wednesday before that. I saw little Fanny and spoke to her. That was the last time. I was aroused by the alarm of fire. I could, knowing the children were burned up, stand on the scaffold and hold my hand up and swear in the sight of heaven that I did not see those children, Neil, or Ellis that night. I am as innocent as the angels of that thing. So was he really innocent? Multiple juries found him guilty. But you said that there was evidence pointing towards him, right? Yes. We can form our own opinions. However, he was guilty. Right. As charged according to the judges and the jury he said i never thought of such a thing i was better raised and had more respect for the people about me i respected miss gibbons and her children i'm glad i can stand here and say that i am innocent it is the truth it is a put-up job gentlemen the day is coming when i will be found innocent the day never came then his speech was interrupted by miss gibbons wailing and saying oh my dear children if they were only here now she had to be let out of the courtroom Kraft said no more and was then sentenced to hang on May 4th, 1883. So we've got a third date for his hanging. The troops that were hanging along with him, making sure he was safe, rode along to Riverton with him. And apparently Governor Blackburn couldn't stand the thought of the execution being on his conscience. And so he refused to confirm the May 4th execution. And so it was again delayed. So it's been delayed, what, three times? Three times now. So the next date was set for October 12th, 1883. That's my birthday. It is. 
The location of the hanging was where the militia had camped back in February, and like I said, they had been in the harshest conditions, but it was fall now, so... Before he was executed, he sang the hymn called, Did Christ Die for Sinners Weep? And he started praying and crying, and then he was hung. Neil was next tried in Grayson County on April 30th of 1884, and once again, he was sentenced to die. He was sent to Mount Sterling, Kentucky to wait his execution day. Appeals would continue to delay the date time and time again, so just like crafts, they would continue to delay. On March 3rd, 1885, Neil was transported back to Grayson County to face his date with the gallows on the same platform that Kraft had been hung off of. He made a speech saying, Farewell, good people. I hope to meet you in heaven. I am persecuted to my death by Campbell and Redlin, who persecuted themselves and bulldozed that lunatic George Ellis into swearing lies against me. It's a fearful thing to walk upon the gallows and die for a crime I did not commit. Bear in mind that I will be proved innocent of this charge, just as I say now, I am innocent. I have to be dragged back and hung like a dog for what I didn't do. I thank the citizens of Mount Sterling for their kindness to me. I hope to meet you in a better land. Now this time, he yet again somehow managed to have his execution date postponed. So he was transported back to Mount Sterling for safekeeping. Finally, on March 28, 1883, Neil was brought back up to the platform in Grayson County the same one that Kraft was hung on and he had been previously on. He was escorted by 100 guards armed with double-barrel shotguns. Jesus. They were serious about the protection of these men because they knew how mad the people were that they had taken three years to process this. Remember, the crime happened in December of 1881. Right. It's 1884. Neil's final words were, My friends, I say to one and all, you all know this is no place to tell a lie. I stand here today to suffer a heinous crime I did not commit. One day my innocence will be established beyond a doubt. I bid you one and all goodbye. O Lord, thou knowest I am innocent. Into thy hands I commit my soul. I am innocent. And then he was dropped off the platform, and ten minutes later he was pronounced dead. His relatives weren't present, but his body was claimed, and he was buried on a hill at the back of his father-in-law's place near Catlettsburg. In one article I read, it said that Ellis was buried in a place called Burn Cemetery. Also, Kraft was supposed to be buried in a grave near McCormick's schoolhouse around eight miles from Catlettsburg. However, the property owner refused to have him on his property, and Kraft's family had to carry his remains six miles further from the original location in an open field on the property of Colonel John M. Burns, which is also the present site of the Burns Cemetery. Both Ellis and Kraft were buried in Burns Cemetery. Neil was buried on his father-in-law's property in Catlettsburg. Also, the sycamore tree, which this is some stuff that we do, the sycamore tree where Ellis was hanged was cut to pieces and sent all over the country because who didn't want a chunk of a tree that somebody had been hung on? I don't know if that's like... I think we do here in Kentucky, or... I mean, apparently they did it in 1884. I think we do everywhere. They chopped it up and sent it all over the country. Now, honestly, even after the men were tried, there were still people who didn't believe that Neil or Kraft ever played a role in the crimes, but, I mean, obviously the jurors found them guilty, so there was... There had to be some evidence there. We are finally coming to the end of the Ashland tragedy, which left so much death in its wake. 
The last thing I'd like to do is there was actually a ballad that was wrote about the children and the murders by Peyton Buckner Byrne, who was a school teacher in Greenup County, which was right next to Ashland. So I just wanted to read that to you all because it's interesting. Like a ballad, like a song? Yes. Like a ballad, like a song. I'm going to read it like a poem, though, because I'm not singing. You don't want to hear that. So here is the ballad. One Christmas morn in 81, Ashland, Kentucky, that quiet burg, was startled the day had not yet dawned when the cry of fire was heard. For well they knew two fair ladies had there retired to bed. The startled crowd broke in, alas, to find the girls both dead. And from the hissing, seething flames, three bodies did rescue. Poor Emma's and poor Fanny's both, and likewise Bobby's too. And then, like Rachel cried of old, the bravest hearts gave vent. And all that blessed holiday, to heaven their prayers were sent. Autopsy by the doctor showed the vilest of all sin, and proved to all beyond a doubt their skulls had been drove in. And other crimes too vile to name, I'll tell it if I must. A crime that shocks all common sense, a greed of hellish lust. An axe and crowbar there was found, besmeared with blood and hair, which proved conclusively to all what had transpired there. Two virgin ladies of fourteen, the flower of that town, with all their beauty and fond hopes by demons there cut down, just blooming into womanhood so lovely and so true, bright hopes of long and happy days with morals fast and pure. Then Marshal Heflin sallied forth, was scarcely known to fail, and in ten days had the assassins all safely placed in jail. George Ellis, William Neal, and Kraft, some were Kentucky sons, near neighbors to the Gibbons' house, and were the guilty ones. In this here dark and bloody ground, they were true types indeed, of many demons dead and damned who fostered that same greed. A hellish greed of lust to blast the virtuous and fair, to gratify that vain desire no human life would spare. There Emma Thomas lay in gore, a frightful sight to view, poor Fanny Gibbons in a crisp, and Bob her brother too. Bob was a poor lamed cripple boy, beloved by every one, his mother's hope, his sister's joy, a kind obedient son. At that dread sight the mother's grief, no mortal tongue can tell, a broken heart and addled brain when all should have been well. Both her dear children lying there who once so merry laughed, their stiff and stark in death they lay, cut down by Ellis Craft. That dreadful demon imp of hell, consider well his crime, although he was a preacher's son, has blackened the foot of time. There's a sad moral to this tale, now pass the word around, pull off your shoes now and walk light, Ashland is holy ground. Bill Neal, he came from Virginia, a grand and noble state, but his associates were bad and he has shared their fate. Bill Neal, he saw Miss Emma Thomas so beautiful and fair, that all his hellish greed of lust seemed to be centered there. Bill Neal, he was a married man, had children and a wife, and oft times bragged what he would do if it should cost his life. Bill Neal done what he said he would, and yet a greater sin. Then with a great big huge crowbar broke Emma's skull bones in. Yes, Bill Neal done just what he said, and yet that greater sin, for which the gates of heaven closed and will not let him in. Now while his victim is in heaven where all things are done well, there with the angels glorified, Bill Neal will go to hell. That is the most intense thing I've ever heard. It was it was rough. I, I got some chills while I read it. Some chilly bumps. I just don't understand. It was so... It was very graphic. Very graphic. And sad. It's awful. Yeah. Awful, awful. 
this is, I told you, it was a wild ride reading through all of this. So much happened. That's the biggest reason I needed two episodes because there was so much to get through. Right. How how you feeling about it? It was a rough one. A rough one. The most graphic part of it was the ballad. And that's why I wanted to read it because it really went through all of the murders, all of the, the pay for the crumbs. Right. Took care of it all as graphic and sad as it is. It was a good story though. Thank you. Right here in Kentucky. In good old Kentucky. Back in 1881. We have... 1884. We have like a billion things here in Kentucky. We could just make it about Kentucky. Yes, we could. First two-part story. Woo-woo! Which neither part was incredibly long, but that's just because we've decided to keep our episodes under 50 minutes. Yes. Because some people really get bored, and I don't blame them. Yeah, me either. So guys, if you have any suggestions for us... Definitely be sure to send those to crimeorreason at gmail.com and follow us on all of our social medias at Crime or Reason. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. And remember that our episodes will now be on Mondays and Thursdays. For accommodations. Accommodations. And you also have a bonus episode coming up this week. So. Yay. Ooh, excited. Anyway, but we hope that you guys stay safe. Stay healthy. And stay criminal. criminal. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.